Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. Happy Monday, my friend. It is a new week. A it new is. chapter. November 6th. That's the what it is. Lord 2023. That's what it is. And if all has gone well, you know, we'll say this by faith. We had our Bring a Friend yesterday. Bring a friend day yesterday. Yesterday, that's right. Yeah, and it went fantastic. That's right. We're going to say that by faith. And yes, we, we are. We met some new people <laughs> and had a great time of worship, and God was glorified, and we heard a powerful message about truth from John chapter 8. Hope so. Yes. I, I, and well, that, you're going to say that by faith also. And that, uh, and that prepares us then for today to be looking at John chapter 9. I'm going to read the entire chapter today. We're back to some, a chapter that's a reasonable length to read all at once. So I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, John chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes, so the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, Well, this man's not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age, he'll speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. 
We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. What an amazing episode we're reading here as Jesus performs another miracle on a Sabbath day, sure to be controversial, restoring the sight of the blind man. But I got to tell you, as you began reading, one of the things that jumped out to me is um, this curious question, Mm -hmm. uh, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Right. The reason why I say curious to me is that it's just such a different way of looking at the world and problems in the world. Um, than maybe what we are accustomed to doing. Um, when you see someone born blind today, there's a lot of interest in medical causes right. for this. Right. Let's get into the genetics and different maladies and so forth that would cause a child to be born blind. But rarely is there any moral or immorality attached to it to think, oh, well, there's a consequence of his sin or another sin. But, but that's where these disciples are actually talking to Jesus. They're like, well, surely there is an immorality and a sin, and this is a punishment for sin. Clearly, their worldview took a look at things that were suffered and equated that with, well, a cause. You know, I mean, you're not going to suffer unless there's a cause, unless there's a spiritual cause. And right. if you're going to suffer, if God's going to let you suffer, it's going to be because you've done something wrong or, mm-hmm. or, or, or your, and for or your him, parents. The question here was, well, he was born blind. We, we sure don't think he could sin while he was in the womb. Right. Can we just, by the way, throw out that what this points out is that the apostles were not Calvinists. They didn't believe in total inherited depravity because they didn't oh, just man. say, oh, that poor joker. I mean, since we're all born in sin, I guess that guy got the brunt of it. Yeah, you know, they, that's they right. Didn't, they didn't, they they didn't, didn't see that, it that didn't way, even, did they? That didn't even come up. There, there was a question, though, who's being punished? Mm-hmm. Who's being punished? Did the, the parents do something wrong so their child was born blind? And that's or, a punishment to the parents? A punishment to the parents. Yeah. Or or did he somehow do something in utero? Did he, or, or I don't know, maybe God was looking ahead in his life and so mm. struck him blind because he knew he was going to do something. What What's going on here? Yeah. And so that that is, I, I think... It, 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 can I just, real quick, Yeah, it's hard to imagine growing up, would the, would the disciples have been the first one to have this conversation or ask these questions? I'm thinking probably not. No. And how difficult it would be to grow up with this quandary. Yeah. Am I a sinner? Is this blindness I'm experiencing now a foretaste of some greater wrath or judgment or God's displeasure? Or the parents? What have we done? All of the hand-wringing? 
okay, so all of I was just going to make the comment a, a second ago that it's hard for us, I think, to see it because we've studied Job and we realize Job teaches not all suffering comes from personal sin. Yeah. We, we've been raised recognizing that, so this question doesn't come to our mind. But what you've pointed out is this wouldn't just be a disciple question. This would be a culture question. This would be what the people in his hometown thought. Yeah. And so his whole life, he's not only dealt with... I'm blind. Mm-hmm. I can't see. I can't get around on my own. I can't provide for myself. So there's there's suffering and there's turmoil that's gone on with that. But there's also this being looked at side-eyed by everybody. You you must have done something really wrong to be born blind yeah. or your family. And and the other thing is let's let's also recognize this is that we don't want to act like, well, if, if folks said it was parents, they wouldn't have looked at him badly. No, because uh, yet they would have, because in that culture, everything was tribal and family. Right. And when they would look at that family, if right. they saw this as punishment, even if they said it was the parent's sin and not the child's sin, it was a shame on the family. Exactly. It was a shame on the family. It would have been a shame on them, on their son, on and on everyone connected with their family. Yeah. And and that would have been acted out mm-hmm. by people in their village and in their in their hometown. And so not only has he been raised with just the the physical struggle and turmoil and suffering, but there is this relational thing that's been happening. And I mean, when I read John 9, it sure sounds like they're just asking these questions and that guy's just standing there. He's like, I, 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 and he's like, hey, guys, I'm blind. I'm not deaf. <laughs> I'm blind. I'm not deaf. I'm right here. I'm right, I'm right here. here. What is going on? What's going on? And then Jesus makes this incredible comment. He says, no, it's not that he sinned and it's not that his parents sinned. He said this happened so that the works of God can be displayed. So you mentioned Job a minute ago and how we study that and we see it is entirely possible for a person to be righteous and pursue a good relationship with God and yet still suffer bad things. Yes. Do you see, or or I don't know, how does this hit you, that similarly as we come to the end of Job and we see that Job is able to glorify God, that's kind of what's happening here, isn't it? This is a very similar lesson to that of Job. Yeah, yeah, good point. I, I hadn't made that connection as far as just going through the whole thing and, and lining them up. But yes, oh, here's what we find is that this fella, his suffering now has meaning. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's the issue of what we see here is the works of God displayed. And I think that's really important for for Job to understand. Sure. It's really important for this blind man to understand. This is important for us to understand. I go through things. I think you've been through things. I know people who've been through stuff and they're suffering and some of it is biological and medical. Some of yeah. it's relational. Some of it is is cultural. Some of it's financial, but they're suffering. And, and you know, how many times I wonder, did this guy pray? Justin, give me my sight. Mm-hmm. Lord, would you please heal me? I, I wonder if if there were others. I, I think about the woman with the issue of blood and all the money she spent to try to have that fixed. Did, did they do that? Was there... Or, or had they, or was it just immediately? Well, you can't do anything about blindness, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't know any itinerant teachers that tried to proclaim that they were something that came in. I wonder if he would seek those kinds of people mm. out. I just, you know, just what's going on for him for all of these years, and the number of times he either prayed God to heal the blindness, or maybe even prayed God, why on earth did you make me blind? Yeah. Why, why have you yeah. allowed this to happen? And yeah. don't you love me? Don't you care? And now all of a sudden, here's this statement: This happened so that the works of God may be displayed. 
And mm. I want to think about that with my suffering. I want to think about that with what I'm going through. Uh, sometimes, I, you know, I go through things and I'm praying that it's relieved and it's not. Uh, not quickly, not yeah. at all. But what, what I want us to understand, and here, here's the key. This, for me, this is what I see. Jesus said, this happened so that you might see the works of God displayed. Now, automatically in the story, we read the whole chapter, and I know we're seeing the works of God displayed by Jesus healing this man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in the Gospel of John, there's actually a statement that is made earlier that this grabs my attention for, because remember when he fed the 5,000, and they followed him across the sea and came back the next day, and they wanted to feed him again, and he said, you're here, don't work for the food which perishes, work for the food which endures to eternal life. And the people said, well, what must we do that we may... Work. work the works of God. That's right. Oh, wait a minute. What has he talked about here in John 9? He's talking about that you'll see the work of God. Well, back there in John 6, when they said, what must we do to work the works of God? He said, this is the work of God that you will believe in him whom he has sent. So I get that the work of God is in the healing, but I hope we recognize that really mm-hmm. the work of God is at the end when the blind man believes in the one whom God sent. Mm -hmm. That's really seeing the work of God. And all of a sudden I realize, you know what? In me, in my suffering, people can see the work of God. Not because there's going to be a miracle and my suffering is going to end, not because necessarily at the end of my suffering, I'll have double possessions like Job did, but because if I will hang on to God through my suffering, yeah. if I will if I will believe in the faithful God who keeps his promises and, and I'm going through junk and it's awful and it's terrible and people are wondering, why don't you curse God and die? Why don't you hang why are mm-hmm. you hanging on mm-hmm. to God? What they will see is the work of God in me believing in the faithful God. And and my suffering can have meaning as well. I see that. I, I see Jesus in this miracle uh, backing up his statement that I am the light of the world. Yes. Allowing him to see and bringing light into his oh, life. Yeah. But as we handle our suffering today in faith in God, uh, we allow the light of Christ to shine through us. And he is still the light of the world. And let's talk about that. You know, he, you notice he said here, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Yeah. Who's the light of the world once Jesus left the world? It's going to have to be his church, his people. I, I think that gets yeah. us back to back in Matthew when Jesus says to those who are yeah. poor in spirit and mourning and That's merciful right. and meek, he says, you are the light, of the, the light world. of the world. Not because we are light, but because we're reflecting his light. Amen. So yeah. why don't you wrap us up in prayer, brother? Our great God and Father, we thank you today that we can come to you in prayer, that we can study your word. Even as we're reading about this and, and the, the plight of the blind man, we are mindful that there are people and, and, and your children, members of your, your household and your church, and they're suffering today, and there's hardships. And we pray, God, that we might pursue you in faith and that we would allow the light of Christ to shine in us and to be reflected through us, whatever our situation is, to the world around us. Father, that you would be glorified that people who are searching for light in this world will find the light of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.